Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Genesis chapter 39, and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and move forward in this. Last week, we... Um, we saw a, a life point, I think, that is so important as well uh, to our lives today. I think all of them are because it's from God's Word. But uh, a life point that um, says God desires to bless us from close relationship, not from cloaked religion. And uh, that's something that is so important for us today because if we try... Uh, to pick and choose how we're going to connect with God and how we're going to connect with God's people, his body, his plan, then how can we expect to receive like Joseph received? And that was some of the questions that I asked. Again, Joseph was consistently prospering, cons- consistently blessed from the hand of God regardless of his circumstances. And yes, we talked about it's all of God's grace. No, we can't earn God's love. But what we talked about is in our relationship with God, we're the ones that determine the type of connection that we have with God. We're the ones that determine that. God, I mean, God already set the terms up. God already opened the door. When we enter into a relationship with him, by his grace, through his blood, we can enter into the very holies. But we're the ones that determine how close we get to God. His arms, again, are wide open. The holy of holies was, is wide open. Uh, but we're the ones that daily have to determine what James says in James chapter 2, I believe, it says that if we will draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to us. Again, that's, that's, that's the, the deal. The, the arms are open, the door is open, but if we are the ones that have to determine, God, I want to draw near to you. I want to have a close relationship with you. I want to I I live in a, in a close communion with you. And that's what it's all about. It's all about a relationship. Again, it's not about cloaked religion. Hopefully you don't come to church on Sunday mornings because it's what you do. Hopefully you don't come to church on Sunday mornings because of what your family does. Hopefully you don't come to church on Sunday mornings because it's what Christians are supposed to do. Hopefully you come to church because you realize not only is it commanded by your God to join with his people when they, when they gather to honor him, but it's a desire you have because the body of Christ is the body of Christ. And to love on the body of Christ, to love on him is, is, is part of that relationship of drawing in and pressing in to a closer relationship with him. And God doesn't want us just to say that we have a relationship with him. Oh, yeah, i got a relationship with God. He doesn't want us just to say that. He actually wants us to have a relationship with him. And think about your relationships in the world today. Do you just say that you have them, or do you actually have the relationships with your spouse, with your kids? It's not just in, in, in name only. It's not just a nominal relationship. It's an actual relationship. What do you do in those relationships? You talk. You You, 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 you connect. Uh, you love on each other. You, you share highs and lows. Again, it's, it's something that you, you, you have. It's not just something that you say. God doesn't want us just to put on to others that it's something that uh, we have with him because we do religious things. He doesn't want us to, to, to put off like, well, you're a Christian because you go to church, or you're a Christian because you say you're a Christian. No, he wants us to actually be a Christian. What does that mean? To follow Christ. He wants us to, to be his followers. Again, that, that doesn't come without pressing into him and knowing him and being known of him. And so he wants us to walk in fellowship with him. And this, again, we saw last week, that's what God wants, close relationship, not cloaked religion. 
And so we move forward this morning. We'll see a, a life point. I think that's so important, again, for today. Uh, something we see in Joseph's life, what he experiences, and what we can apply, take and apply in our life. So let's pray, and we'll look at this. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to be here again, Lord. We, uh, Man, I, my heart just is, is swollen, Lord, with um, just gratitude. At the same time, I, I feel uh, just weak and humbled before you, Lord. Uh, it is, uh, it's just a, it's an amazing thing to be able to come before your presence. Lord, it's a very humbling thing. God, we, we reverence you, we respect you, God. And, um, Lord, to be able to lift one word, play one note, uh, to, um, to approach you at all is a great privilege. And we're so thankful that you opened the door wide open through uh, the blood that was shed on our behalf. Lord, the veil was torn in the temple 2,000 years ago when you died for our sins on that cross. And um, you declared it's finished. Sin has been paid for. The debt has been satisfied. And Lord, you've made a way for every one of us to enter in through faith in Jesus Christ. And we know that, again, we have life because you rose again three days later. And anyone who calls on your name can be saved. And Lord, we thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for the good news uh, of Jesus Christ. And thank you this morning that we get to celebrate that that we get to uh, enjoy that, that we can walk in that, but also we can share that, and we can grow from that as well, Lord. And I pray that that's what you do this morning. As we look into your word, just help us to take from it what you want. I pray that we would press in, Lord, that this, this point we see this morning wouldn't just be something, a note that we jot down, but it would be something that we apply in our life, and it affects us from this point forward. And uh, Lord, just uh, transform uh, our, our lives to... Uh, to be more like you, conform us to the image of your son. And Lord, we ask that if there's someone here this morning that's never heard that good news, or maybe they've heard it, but they've never encountered a real relationship with you. Maybe they've been trying to be religious. Maybe they've been trying to go through the motions, but they've never entered into a genuine relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Um, Lord, I, I pray today would be that day that they give up their life and they give it to you. And they accept that free gift of salvation, that free gift of eternal life. Lord, just move now, use them as a vessel. Lord, be glorified in you alone. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So in Genesis chapter uh, 39 is we're going to pick up where uh, we, uh, we left off. But uh, before we get there, I think sometimes our, our focus, our, our vision can be skewed. Uh, and I think then there's times that, there, that we can be completely misdirected. Not just skewed a little bit like I'm not really focusing on the right thing, but it's close. But I'm talking about even misdirected completely. Like, I'm, I'm not focusing on the right thing at all. I'm not looking to the right thing at all. I've shared this before, but I, if you've heard it, I'm going to tell it again, and you can be more familiar with this story. But uh, if you haven't heard it, um, this is something that kind of, I think, illustrates this in several different ways. Le lessons that I've learned in my life. One of the lessons was uh, when I, was, uh, I went to college to play baseball, and uh, right off the bat, I realized uh, that I really need to check whether I really want to play baseball or not in college because we ran a ton. And you guys know how I hate running. And so the program was this. You played, not, you played a nine-inning game, and as soon as you were done with the nine-inning game, you went over to the, the back practice field, and that's where we ran sprints. If you weren't playing a nine-inning game, you were in the weight room, and then you ran a four-mile run. And then when you got back from the four-mile run, four run, it was in perfect time for the team that had been playing, or the, the, the group that had been playing a 9 game, to meet you on the sprints. And so the whole team got to enjoy the sprints. 
Now, I was, I was better with the sprints because that's just the way I, I've always been wired. I, I, I'll run a short distance. I just hate long distance. Um, and so we would get over there. But, again, nine-inning game, I was a catcher, so I was up and down. My legs, you know, were, were just wore out. Go over there and sprint, and it was just, it wasn't fun. Again, four-mile run, hated the run, go over and, and sprint. But here's what would happen. We would get into kind of a groove, and that would, we would all understand. There, there are certain guys that are just faster, and, and, then, and then there's some that uh, we can just kind of cruise with. And that's, that's what most people did, most including myself. Uh, I knew that I could, I, and this, I'm not saying this mostly, but I, I just knew that I could, I could be faster than the guys in the catcher group. But I also knew if, if I just kind of blended in, that uh, there wouldn't be a whole lot more expected of me, <laughs> Ru- running-wise. Uh, and so that was just kind of a, a, a very immature freshman thing for me to think. But on one particular grueling day, the coach could tell that the whole team was acting like that. The whole team wasn't really giving their hardest in the sprints. And so he put out, he said, everybody stop, everybody listen. Okay, here's, here's what we're going to do. Put out this immediate incentive. And the immediate incentive was this. Whoever finishes first in each group is going to be able to stop running sprints. And I was like, hmm, I'm done. I'm going to finish mine first. <laughs> this guy's going to finish first. I'm done running. I was so tired. I was, I was sick of it. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, you heard it. That's right, sick of it. That's my wife's influence. There you go. <laughs> sick of it. Uh, that's a joke. She doesn't say that seriously. But... Um, <laughs> um, but, so we, each group's running, you know, they're broken into to, to right fielders, you know, all, all this stuff. Everybody, everybody's running in groups. And so it come up to the catchers, about six or seven of us. And, and instead of finishing my just comfortable second, third, fourth place, you know, just kind of in the, in the front middle of the pack, I, I'm, I was going to finish first, no question. He's, bloop, blew the, blew the whistle, and there I go, and boom, finish first. No, 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 no questions, no problem. Uh, and so the coach immediately shuts down everything. All right, everybody come here. I mean, I just finished first, and he shuts it down. I look back there, everybody else still has to run. Like, we're like the second group or third group, and I'm thinking, whoa, uh-oh. I've been down this road before in, in sports, you know. Something's wrong. Coach just doesn't say everybody finished first. And so um, he shuts it down, and he begins, he gathers everybody, take a knee, he begins to make a very vague yet very pointed example out of me, explaining that that type of effort doesn't benefit the player and it doesn't benefit the team in the long run. And uh, I was embarrassed because I could feel eyes coming on me. You know, I'm just, I got, I'm on my knee, got my head down, and I could feel like other guys were like, what are you doing? Now, I didn't, I mean, we didn't get in trouble. Like, it was just me that was embarrassed and, and, uh, I uh, felt like, yeah, I, I get it, coach. I, I got you. I'm, I'm not giving my best every time, and that's what I've been taught. That's what I've been trained, and I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm just kind of seeking that immediate benefit. And so, uh, again, I, that's, uh, that's the reason I share that is because in that moment, because of how it would benefit me in the short t- term, in the immediate, in that temporal moment, just to get that relief and not in the long term, that's how I, that's how I gave my effort. And so efforts like that can be the cause in sports, if, you, if you're familiar with sports, efforts like that can be the cause of injury. Uh, efforts like that can be the cause of not only that, but pulling the entire team down, both in the mundane moments and in the monumental moments. 
Um, and so, again, I want us to remember that as we move forward in this text because uh, we look at Joseph, and, and the Bible says that he's been blessed of God, and he's, he's, he's been promoted. He's got all these good things going for him in his life. And, and I, I want to share with this. Joseph, we're not told in Scripture that he was seeking that. We're not told that Joseph was seeking to be exalted or to have a promotion or, or to be over any of those things. We're not given that notion in Scripture. It's not even a possibility. All we know so far is that Joseph has been a just man. All we know that Joseph has done, has, has, has been, dealt a, he's been dealt a bad hand, uh, even though he's been doing right. God was blessing him. God was blessing him in his circumstance and through this. And I don't know about you, but man, when I look at that and I listen to that, I think, that's what I want in my life. I, I mean, no matter what circumstance I'm going through, I want to have been doing the right things. I want to have been being the right person that God has called me to be that, so that God blesses me regardless if it's, if it's in captivity or in absolute freedom. I want God's hand to be on me, his hand of blessing. And so when we look at Joseph, I think the key was that he was giving his all. That Joseph was giving his all just like he always had. He, he, had, he, had, he had been doing that for his father. It cost him in his relationship with his brothers. Now he's in captivity. He's not a free man. He's been sold. And now he's still giving his all to be who God has called him to be. And God is blessing that even in what we would consider a miserable situation. God's hands on him. God's favors on him. God is, is blessing him in that. And look at it in Genesis chapter 39, verse 4. It says, And Joseph found grace in his sight. Who's his sight? Potiphar's sight. Not God's sight. In this heathen, this uh, Egyptian ruler, or his, you know, he's not the Pharaoh, but he's, a, the, 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 he's in charge here, the general, if you will. He found grace in his sight. And he served him, and he made him overseer of his house. And all that he had, put, uh, that he, had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house that over, and, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Now, this is not in my notes, so I'm going to try to not go too far down the show because I'm trying to be better about that. But um, the, uh, the, the reality is this. We, we even look at America, right? Let's, let's talk about that for just a second. I believe that God has blessed America for the sake of his people. I believe that when his people, and this is scripture, you know, blessed is the nation who God is the, whose God is the Lord. I believe that when we honor God with our lives as the people of God, regardless of where we are, God blesses. Even if it's in persecution or, or, or affliction or whatever. Again, we see that with Joseph. But I believe a, a major reason that, look, look back at the history. It hasn't always been the, this way that it is for us today. It's, it's been through many sacrifices and many, much bloodshed and, and through wars and, and, and sacrifice uh, early on in the nation and great persecution even early on in the nation. That, that we have what we have here today. And so I believe, again, God uh, ha, has blessed us. But that's what happens. This, this, this Egyptian, this foreign uh, power is being blessed because of God's man there. Because of God's, God's blessing upon Joseph, the Egyptian's house was blessed. And the blessing of the Lord, continue on verse 5, was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and knew, no, knew not aught that he had. He didn't even know what he had. He didn't know what was going. He, he didn't realize all the blessings that were being stored up. He didn't realize all of the things that God was doing because it was so much. God was doing that because of Joseph in this, this foreign land, in this foreign ruler's house. 
He didn't, know, he didn't know all of the things that he had except for the bread that he ate. And Joseph was a goodly person. He was a handsome fellow. And uh, he was well favored. That's what that means. And so this, this is, now in, the Bible's interesting. Because if you just stop there, which we're doing today, we'll get there next week. If you just read that and you're like, why did the Bible say that he was handsome? We'll get there. Um, because it plays into the next little section of scripture, the next little story we find out about Joseph. But this, this set of scripture tells us something I think so important, and you can jot this down, it's in your notes. This is our life point this morning is this. If you're focused on short-term benefits, you might miss long-term rewards. If you're focused on short-term benefits, and you can put it only or primarily, or if your focus is on what benefits you right now, the chances are that you're going to miss long-term rewards. It's the case in every aspect of our lives. Name it off. Um, exercise, diet, relationship, you know, all, all those things. If, if you are only focused on what benefits you or what, what brings you immediate gratification, immediate satisfaction right now, and you don't consider the long-term ramifications, you're not thinking about the long-term, then you may miss out on the long-term rewards because you're only focused on what you want right now. And again, I, I believe when we look at Joseph, we don't see him compromising in the right now so that he could be relieved of what he was going through. He, and you can do that. You, you and I, and I think that we probably all have been guilty of that at some point in time, or in, if you've been a Christian, for any amount of time, that you can compromise in the right now so that you benefit right now. But we end up suffering in the long term. You can find your focus on that chicken fried steak right now. Mmm, gravy, warm, steak, tender. You can focus on that right now. But you know, later's coming. You can focus on that hot pie with ice cream, crispy crust, perfect balance of goo and inside. You can focus on that right now, but and it's going to be good. I mean, it would be good. Get your brains back. Come on. <laughs> but you know down the road it's going to cost you. What about this? You can focus on that lust right now. You can focus on that idol right now. You can focus on that money or that, those stuff. You can focus on that right now and again to compromise in the now to get that will cost you in the long term. What about our kids? Parents, grandparents, listen. You can compromise what's absolutely right and pleasing to God as a parent. You try to be their friend, their best friend. You can try to please them. You can, try to, you can say, you know what, I'm just going to give in to them and let them have what they want. You can try to make them the star of the school. You can try to make them the athlete of the school. You can try to make them the king or the queen of everything. But if that's what your focus is on right now, it's going to cost you in the long term. More damage can be done in those circumstances than a lifetime can undo sometimes. Sometimes we don't realize that in the moment, though. 
It's just easier to give in. It's easier to try to be their friend and get them to want to do what I want them to do. It's just easier. I mean, it's just funner. It's cooler. I like it. If my, my kid's the most, all those things, again, we can we'll go to something else. We can focus on the job promotion because it means more money, because it means financial freedom, because it means financial gain. But it takes more away from serving God. It takes more away from meeting with God's people, spending time with family, uh, being there, the person that we're supposed to be, and we can miss the long-term reward. So the case that we see in Colossians chapter 3, it says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is, and he's seated at the right hand of God. Seek the things that are above, it says. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Why? Because the things that are on the earth are temporal. The things that are above are eternal. Set your, set your focus, set your mind, gear your life to be heavenly focused, to be eternally minded, to be kingdom focused. Set your life like that. Don't just, don't just go through seasons, but determine that this is who I am and this is what I'm focused on. Because I realize if I just sprint right now to get an immediate relief, I may miss the whole long-term benefit of why, am I, why I'm even running this race. It says this, that you're, the reason why you do this is because you're, you're not yours. You've died. Your life is hidden with, with, with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. In 2 Peter chapter 1, it says this, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith, I love this, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and our Lord Je and, and, and Jesus our Lord. According to his, as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Listen, if you are a Christian, you've been given everything that you need. You've been given the resources. They're out there for us to live a life that's pleasing to God. Through the knowledge of him that's called, you, called us into glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Man, I love that. There are things that are only of God. And the only way for us to be partakers of the things that are only of God is through here, right here, the precious promises of God, through this knowledge, this relationship we have with God through Jesus Christ. There are things that, that, that God offers to his children that the earth, that the world, that, the, that those that are in darkness have no idea about, but you and I can enter into these blessings. Blessings, I believe, similar to what Joseph was experiencing. I mean, can you imagine this? He was, in the, he was captive by, by an Egyptian ruler, and he was having favor poured on him. He was having blessings poured over his life. It says that you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Besides this, giving all diligence, give every effort to, to add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, which is self-control, and, and to self-control, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity, which is love. For if these things be in you and abound, if this is the characteristics of your life, and they're overflowing in your life, they make you that you should neither be, neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, because that's what God wants from our lives, fruitfulness. He wants us to bear fruit for his name, for his kingdom. And so if these things are in us and abound, then our lives will be fruitful. Other people will come to Christ. We'll be a light to them. We'll, we'll be an encouragement. We'll have a purpose and, 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 and be useful in the kingdom of God. But he that lacketh these things is blind. Uh-oh, now we're starting to talk about focus. And cannot see afar off because he's forgotten that he was purged from the old sins. 
Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence, give your very best effort to make your calling and election sure, for if you do these things, then you shall never fall. Peter would go on to say, that's why I'm going to continue to remind you about these things. It's my job, as long as I'm in this earthly body, to bring these things to remembrance, that even when I die, you can read this later, that's what he's saying, even when I die, you'll still remember these things. Lift up your eyes. That's what Jesus said. He was saying, see what's important. There's souls out there in need. God's glory, it, it, it needs to come from our lives. God's kingdom is here. God's souls are at stake. Again, this is what Jesus said. Lift up your eyes. Focus on the eternal. Don't just focus on it, but invest your all in the kingdom of God and not in the kingdom of self. Invest your all. Don't get so focused on what brings you an immediate benefit whether it's in a job or money or, or, or anything. Don't, don't be so focused on what you brings you an immediate benefit that you lose sight of the whole purpose of your life on this earth and the great value of long-term rewards in eternity. Don't, don't miss it. Because you can't get this day back once it's over. Amen. You can't get last year back. We have right now that we can focus on the eternal. We have right now that we can focus on the kingdom of God. We get right now that we can tune our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our spiritual eyes to things that are above so that we get all of the long-term rewards that God has given us that are exceeding and great and precious promises. That's what Joseph was experiencing. In the midst of great trouble and trial, he was experiencing it. Look at the benefits that came to Joseph again. I got these in your notes. You can jot them down. These are the benefits that came to him when he wasn't focused on these temporal benefits, when he was focused on being who God called him to be and doing what God called him to do. Number one, he found grace or found favor with his earthly superior. Again, he wasn't focused on that. He was focused on being who God called him to be. He was focused on doing what God had called him to do. His heart, his mind, his eyes were tuned to eternal things, to godly things, and God gave him favor in the eyes of his earthly superior. Number two, he was given responsibility, so he was given grace, he was given favor, and he was given responsibility in a foreign kingdom. He wasn't focused on that, I'm going to make myself, I'm going I'm I'm to work my way up the, the, the chain. He wasn't focused on that. He was focused on being who God wanted to be, and God blessed him, gave him favor in his employer's sight, gave him not only that, but his employer then says, I'm going to entrust you with this. And not just the responsibility, but he promoted him to be over everything in his house, in all of his possessions, in the field, this foreign boss said, look, you own it. I mean, you, you run it all. And Potiphar sat back, and Joseph ran everything. Number four, his earthly superior's house was blessed by God. That's what it says. That Potiphar's house was blessed because of Joseph. I don't know about you, but wouldn't you want to work in an environment that was blessed by God because God was blessing you? That's what, he, that's what he was experiencing. I mean, absolutely. I hate my job. Well, start being who God's called you to be. Start focusing on things that God's called you to focus on. Be the light and let God do a work in your life and through your life. And it may turn things around at your job. But a lot of times we don't do that. We just... We moan and groan, we gripe, complain, we gossip, we talk, we do all the things that everybody else is doing, and, and it brings us down while we're bringing everybody else down. Be who God's called you to be. Let's be who God's called us to be, even in a foreign world. 
That's what Joseph was doing, and God was blessing Joseph, and God blessed his boss's house, and God blessed his boss's business, is what it says. All of his operations, his superior's operations, his army, his farming, all of it was blessed by God. Again, what was the key here? He was focused on being who God called him to be at all times. Giving God the first and giving God the best in everything. And that's where the blessings flowed. Not giving God most or some, but giving God the best and the first, and that's where the blessings flowed. If you're focused more on a promotion, if you're focused more on money, if you're focused more on a position, or listen, make it sensitive. If you're focused more on your kid's success, if you're focused on anything other than or more than or in place of being absolutely consumed with and devoted to pleasing God, you'll miss it. You're going to miss it. So I just want my kids to be blessed. Then be who God's called you to be. I just want my kids to succeed in, in their lives and, 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 all, and their relationship and their career and, and all this kind of Then be who God's called you to be. Amen. Focus on him. Put him first. All of his stuff, everything about God. Focus your things on things above, not on things of this earth like Joseph did. And look what happens. Everything that Joseph touched was blessed of God. Everything. We have it backwards. We're like, I'm going to make it happen for my kids. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. Even if I have to compromise the things of God, this is what I'm going to do. That is absolutely backwards. You're going to do more damage than you'll do any good for your kids long term. And in your life as well. It's backwards. But that's what the enemy would have us believe. But if I don't do this, no, no, no. They're going to miss out if you do it that way. Because they're going to end life empty-handed, spiritually speaking. Don't focus on the blessings that you want. Focus on the blesser and let him take it from there. You focus on those blessings. I want this job. I want this for my kids. I want this for my grandson. I want this for my my house. I want to live like this. I want to do this. I want that. You focus on that, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. I mean, you may get some of that stuff, but you'll miss it. You'll you'll miss, again, you heard it a while ago, the divine nature, exceeding and great and precious promises. You'll miss the greatest things that are long-term rewards if you're only focused on immediate benefits right now. So I shared last week, a little week before, Psalm 37, verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. If you make him your delight, then what starts happening is his plan, his heart starts to become your heart. And as your heart gets in line with his, it becomes, these are the desires I have in my life, God. And because it's in his will, he says, yes, my child, this is of the divine nature. Here are the exceeding and great and precious promises. Delight yourself in the Lord. What's your life zeroed in on? I'm, I'm done. What's your life zeroed in on? What are you focused on? I mean, just be honest. We can be pious and we can answer in, 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 in a religious way, but just be honest with the Lord right now in your heart. What is your life zeroed in on? What are you most focused on? It could be a relationship. It could even be problems. It could be your failures. It could be money. It could be stuff. It could, it could be a job, a promotion. It could, be, it could be your kids. 
It could be so many things. What is your life zeroed in on? Are they temporal? What you're zeroed in, is it temporal? Wrong target. If you say, yeah, it is. It's good to be honest with the Lord, and it's good to realize, listen, I'm not focused. My life, my, my, my mind, my eyes, my heart is not tuned to the eternal. I'm not focused on that. It's okay to be honest like that, but it's not good to stay like that. Set your sights on Christ. Listen, this morning, you need to, take from the, you need to set your aim on being the person, the submitted vessel to God regardless of your circumstances. Right now, in this moment, whatever you're dealing with, you need to determine, I am going to set my aim on being the person, the submitted person, the vessel to God. Set your goal as delighting in Christ. That's going to be my goal. I want to delight in Him. I don't want to just go from high to low because of how my job goes. I don't want to go high to low because of how my relationship. I don't want to go high to low because of my failures and my victories. I, I want to set my, my, my heart, my mind, I want to delight in God. Wouldn't you rather have the blessings from God than temporal earthly blessings that go away? I would. I'd rather have blessings that remain for all of eternity than to have things that just come and go like that. Everybody has that stuff. But it's only the people that God blesses with his hand that have blessings that remain. This morning, determined like Joseph, like others in the Bible. Daniel did it. Paul did it. I mean, we can start naming other ones who, who did it. So, you know, I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be regardless of my circumstances. And God would bless them in a way that only God can bless them. If you're wanting God's hand of blessing on you this morning, you've got to get your focus right. You've got to get your heart, your mind, your spiritual eyes tuned to the eternal. Let, the God, let the, the God of all creation bring the blessings in your life. Does that describe you? Does that describe your life? I, I, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm being who God's called me to be. I'm tuned, I'm focused, I'm excited. There's nothing that gets me more, fo- more excited than the things of God, than God himself. I, that's where my life is tuned. I want to be who he's called me to be, and I want to do what he's called me to do so that I can be blessed at his hand. If that's you, then praise God. Keep running the race. Keep being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because that work is not in vain. But if you're not, and you're here, it's... It's okay to admit that. And I'm not, man. I'm so focused on my job right now. I'm so focused on this. I'm so focused on, on getting more money because I'm tired of us struggling. Maybe that's your focus. Listen, lift up your eyes. Set your affection, set your mind on things above. And let God do the work that only God can do. I'm not saying that God removes all the difficulty. I'm not saying that God makes everything a, 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 a joy ride. I'm not saying that God, when, when we do that, that, that all of our problems vanish away because we're about to see, if the Lord wills, next week, Joseph's problems begin to compound. It, does, it doesn't get like, oh, everything's hunky-dory. God's blessing me, and now my life is wonderful. I never have any problems. No, matter of fact, it gets a little more difficult. But it doesn't mean that God wasn't blessing him still. That's what we've got to get. That's where we've got to get our focus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this reminder this morning that we don't need to be focused on temporal benefits. We so focus on money that goes away. We so focus on a job that may change. We so focus on possessions that one day will burn up. We miss 
the whole point of our lives being centered on you. We miss the great rewards that are lying in store that will remain for all of eternity. So help us this morning. If there's, if there's some here this morning that they know that they're completely missed, their focus is off. Or if there's some of us this, this morning that we're, our, our focus is a little skewed. It's just not right exactly on zero on you. Lord, work in our hearts. Lord, we realize that we, we have to be focused on you 100% regardless of our circumstances if we expect to experience the blessings that someone like Joseph did. And Lord, again, if there's someone here that's lost, I pray that you just move their heart. I pray that they would realize how much you love them, that you would send your son to die for them. That they would come down this morning during this invitation and they would ask the question, I, I want that. I want a relationship with God. I want my sins forgiven. I want to go to heaven when I die. Lord, if there's someone like that, I pray that you'd move them this morning and they wouldn't wait. That they would move now. And we ask and pray this in Jesus' name.